Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionise your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Hi, I'm Tony Brooks and welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series where we look at changing and improving the way that you think, see and do in your leadership role. And on this podcast episode, we're going to be focusing on how you see your people, which is skill number five in the Think, See, Do leadership model. And I think it's important that we see our people as our greatest asset. We'll achieve greater results in our business working with our people with the support of our people. I also acknowledge that after working as a senior manager myself and and now as a leadership coach for a number of years, that getting the best out of our people is probably the very biggest challenge as a leader. So we're going to be looking at three different areas today, which I think if you take them away will make an impact on the way that you manage lead your people and and the results that you get out of them and the motivation and performance out of them. We're going to be looking at the critical issue of appreciating people and dealing with underperformance. We're going to look at flexing your leadership style. And also we're going to be look at how you performance develop your people into the future. Let's start on performance appreciation and dealing with underperformance. I think one of the most common things I see in business is either people aren't appreciated enough for the good work that they do. And there's good reason for this. As as leaders, we're often incredibly busy. So remembering to take the time to show gratitude, appreciation for a job well done, or just small pieces of good behaviour can get lost in the the general cut and thrust of the day. And this is why I say it's so critical as leaders that we don't just do, but we stand back and we look at what we're doing as well and change our thinking on this. And nowhere is this more important than actually recognising the good performance of our people and showing appreciation. You'll find that your people will often prefer to be appreciated, have the words thank you, a job well done, than looking at bonuses, pay rises, because it's it's highly motivational to get that. I think we know that intrinsically ourselves, if we think about the way we've been led and managed over the years as well. So that's an important starting point. The other The other side of things that I see is underperformance isn't dealt with speedily or clinically enough. So let's spend a little bit of time working on both of those areas. First of all, the the issue of appreciating performance goes back many, many years, really. There was um, there's one very famous bit of research and theory from Douglas McGregor in the 60s, where he put forward the XY theory of leadership. Now, in this, type X leaders had a more or do have a more negative view of employees and how much employees can be trusted and they're therefore managed in that way with a lack of trust. Type Y leaders see that most employees want to do a good job. They want to progress, be given more responsibility and they're they're managed or led in that way. And McGregor's view is that you'll get much more from your people with a Y style. It's also a view of Daniel Pink in a book called Drivers or a number of years ago where he looked at tapping into people's intrinsic motivation rather than their extrinsic motivation for extrinsic rewards. And again, this is about people's fundamental need to grow, develop, be given responsibility. 
So I share this view, and it's also supported by the work of Marcel Lasada, who is a psychologist who looked at the amount of positive feedback and praise that was given to people in comparison with negative feedback. And across a lot of companies, he looked at 60 organizations and found that often the ratio was just a fraction above one to one. But what he found through his research that when you move that to at least a ratio of three to one, as a minimum requirement, that is when you start to get high performing teams. So again, that's just about taking more time to give positive feedback, gratitude for a job well done. It is about dealing with underperformance as well. We're going to go into that subject in a little while, but that is not a three to zero ratio. That is three to one and above. I found real examples of this in a large organization I worked with as a senior leader in that I felt we led the 95% like the 5%. I think I've touched on this on another podcast episode, but again, let me explain that. What it meant that was 5% of the people were typically more untrustworthy. But the problem was that we treated the other 95% like the 5%. And so the company culture was more based on an atmosphere of mistrust. And I felt and I still believe now that we need to lead the 95% in in the way they deserve to be led not based on the mistrust and underperformance of the small percentage that we have with us. But yeah, on the flip side, we do need to deal with the 5% of underperformance speedily and clinically. Underperformance needs to be managed and dealt with. And again, I've seen in my experience, a lot of the time people don't move quickly enough. I think it's part of that is because it's a tough path to get onto. There is... There's a lot of procedure that needs to be followed. It's not an easy thing to do. You may have had people working in your business for a long time and there's an emotional attachment to that. But it is so important because if the team around that person see that underperformance not being dealt with, what message does that send to the people in the team as well? Here's the thing though, the underperformance may have a lot of contributing factors and we as leaders need to be honest first and foremost and say, have we neglected this person? Have we not spent enough time directing, coaching, supporting them? Do they have clear objectives? So the starting point is for us to look at ourselves first and see whether we've been doing the best job we can in terms of leading them. And if not, then put that foundation in place. But then manage people closely against clear objectives if they've been underperforming it, especially within a time frame. Give them a chance to turn things around But if they don't, then we need to be more clear and clinical in the way that we deal with that underperformance going forwards. So we've looked at that first area about appreciating performance and dealing with underperformance. And remember as well that on the fourth podcast that we did in terms of the fourth skill, we looked at company culture, which is the foundation piece for our view of people and the way that we lead people and we looked at the importance of company values and it is so key to actually reinforce good behavior against the company values or the team values so not only appreciating good performance but especially if that good performance is in line with the kind of values that are the underlying culture of the team or organization now let's move on to the second area which is about flexing your leadership style 
there are lots of really good models around that have been around for a number of years in this kind of area. Paul Hersey, Ken Blanchard, situational leadership models. Daniel Goleman and his look at emotional intelligence and how that's used in leadership. The key point here is, though, that we need to flex our leadership style based on the person we're leading and the circumstances that we or they find themselves in. It could be that a star team member is working on a new task and they need you to be more directional in your style of leadership to give them more clarity and more instruction. It could be that a team member is underperforming and maybe their performance has dipped on a regular task they were doing well. And we may need to coach them more closely or employ a more affiliative style of leadership to actually get them through this dip in underperformance. Because it could be that there are personal issues underlying this and maybe things going on outside of work. That's where that affiliative, more emotional style of leadership really comes into play. But a great leader and, and a leader that's growing in terms of their leadership performance will move in and out of styles depending on the situation and the people involved. That can be moving into directive styles, coaching styles, democratic style of leadership, delegating, all these different styles of leadership that you can move in and out of. And again, it depends on the situation. If you've got a crisis situation, it's not necessarily the time for democracy. It is the time for a more directive style of leadership. But if you overuse the directive style of leadership, you'll smother people. And that's another important lesson in this flexing leadership style approach, that you move into styles and move out of them, but you don't overuse styles too much because that can affect people's level of engagement and their performance as well. And remember also that one of your greatest tools that you've got at your disposal as a leader to actually find out where a person is at in terms of their confidence in their skill levels or their mindset is to ask really good open questions. Work hard on your questions because the more you ask good open questions, the more you will find out about that person, how they're perceiving their own skill level, their confidence, how they're seeing the task how their motivation is currently. So that's a really important tool that you've got at your disposal when you're using this flexing of leadership style and finding out where the person is. So we've looked at appreciating performance, dealing with underperformance. We've then looked at flexing your style to suit the person and to suit the circumstances. The third area I wanted to pick up on today in terms of seeing people as your greatest asset or making the best of your people is performance development. In terms of how you structure the growth of your people, whatever your size of company or team, you need to have a clear procedure for this. And I much prefer the term performance development to either performance management or appraisal, as I think it fits in with more of a growth mindset philosophy as a leader. And I've covered the work of Carol Dweck, the psychologist on fixed versus growth mindset in previous articles. But I think seeing your people I've talked about growth mindset before, particularly in, in relation to yourself and seeing yourself as work in progress, continually improving and developing. But I think seeing your people as on a continual path of growth is the most effective and important way to see them. So let's stick with the phrase performance development. But yeah, your performance development activities do need a procedure behind them. They need documentation, paperwork. But one of the critical lessons that I've learned over time as well is that your personal development sessions with your people 
of an exercise in co-creation. It's not about you going in dictating objectives that the company wants to see them do, you dictating what skills they're going to need to improve. It's about working on this together. What are the objectives that will make an impact on your business but also will fit with their career aspirations? And you need to take that time to actually work out what their career aspirations are as well to, to bring that in line. So can we get a win-win there? And, and that's the best way of going forward with this. What is needed in their skills and personal development plan to actually achieve these career aspirations and business goals? And if you work on these together, I think you'll inspire and motivate them much more easily. I think many of you listening to this podcast episode will have come across the SMART methodology before now in terms of setting objectives, which I think is a good basis for doing it. But I think some of the things that are lost in the SMART model are are the objectives inspirational, for example? Are the people actually engaged and inspired? Now, no, we can't always 100% do that. But the more we create objectives that actually are inspirational and motivational for the person working on them, the more chance you've got of achieving them. Also, sharing the vision for your company and looking at objectives that are in line with this or explaining how the objectives that you're talking about are actually in line with the company vision is a really good thing to do because it will engage your employees more. People, more and more now with millennials and younger people, People want to see where the company is going and they want to understand how what they're doing is helping the company on that path and making a difference. So spending the time both in the performance development sessions but on a regular basis in team meetings, one-to-ones, to actually update people on where the company or the team's going against vision, where the path is and what people are doing that's in line with that is going to be much more engaging, it's going to be much more motivational. It's also critical that you have a regular dialogue. Again, one of the mistakes I see made is that performance development sessions, if I can call them that, they're only held every 12 months. And then the document's put by the wayside. It's the same kind of thing I see with business plans. It's done as an exercise, maybe with people not fully buying into it. But when you've taken the time to co-create objectives, a personal development path, a skills path for the person, and you continue updating people with a vision for the company, but you are spending quality time with them to look at how they're performing against their objectives, how they're performing against their personal development plan, then you can again adjust your leadership style to either support good performance or address underperformance. Remember also, that regular one-to-ones are a great way to show appreciation for good work and good results too. So tapping back into the first area we talked about on this podcast episode, it's a great opportunity to give people some of that positive feedback that we talked about in relation to Marcel Lasada about giving people three-to-one ratio. This is a great opportunity to do that. So don't just do your performance development as a one-off exercise. It really does need you to take the time to see people on a regular basis in a semi-structured way, go through how they're getting on against objectives. That also means that it's good to have milestones within objectives as well because you can be reviewing milestones. If all you've got is an objective that is a 12-month objective, then it may be difficult to check in how somebody's getting on. But if you break that down into, let's say, three-month milestones, 
then you can check in after three months and say, are we on track for your objective? How are you doing? And if they're not, as I say, it's then a chance to flex your style. Maybe you need to get a bit close to them. Maybe you need to coach and support them to get them back on track and get in line and achieve the next milestone. So we've looked at three areas today, all around seeing your people as the greatest asset within your organisation. Because although your people present challenges and they can be the toughest part of your business or organisation to manage, if you do it well, it will have the biggest impact on your results. Because achieving your results with your people will be so much easier when you've got them on your side and you haven't got these problems with underperformance or you minimise the problems of underperformance. As always, I hope you've found the podcast episode useful and I hope you go away and take some of the exercises and tools we've talked about in there and actually make some changes. Maybe if you don't make every single change that's been talked about in the podcast episode, but you just go away and action one thing over the next month, do something different. And actually, if it's about procedures, well, get those performance development sessions going and get the regular reviews going. Get the best out of your people. It can be like pushing water uphill running a business and running a team, particularly if you haven't got your people on side. So let's get your greatest asset working on behalf of you. I'm Tony Brooks and I look forward to speaking with you on future podcasts. If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.